Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. We've been in a series called Game Changer, and uh, I don't know if you saw the call or not, but there was a very controversial call in one of the games last week between the Rams and the Saints. Okay, everybody, okay, yeah, everybody's like, oh. So some of you are like, yes, and some of you are like, oh, you know. But that call, that call, if you haven't been, you know, just Google it, you can, between Sam's and Ranks, uh, Sam's and Saints, not Ranks, Okay. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Let's don't get there. All right. I'll get the tomatoes thrown at me or something. But I want to say that that one call was a game changer. Because if that, if that call would have went the Saints way, it would have been first and 10. They would have ran the clock out, you know. But because of that call that, you know, now the Rams had the opportunity to come back and they did and they, they won the game. So what I want to say is it's the little things in life that make the biggest difference. It's the little things. It's they become the game changers. And today I want to tell you um, about that. And what you see on the title of your message today is this. Is praising God is a what? Is a game changer. Praising God is a game changer. I want to share with you uh, a journey that I, I was on and have been on. When I struggled with anxiety really bad, especially when I was young, really young. I mean, I'm talking about really bad. I found out that later in life when I went to counseling, actually, I found out that I was diagnosed with PTSD, and I had no idea. I'm like, how could I have PTSD? I've never served in the military. You know, how could I have that? And I was, my counselor explained to me that people that, that have experienced very traumatic situations in their life have been exposed to that, have the same kind of symptoms as PTSD. It's the same thing. And so what had happened to me when I was six years old, my brother who was two years older than me died in front of me with spinal meningitis on our, I remember on our, our living room floor. And that traumatized me and I had no idea, didn't know how to deal with it. You know, and back then we just didn't have, you know, the knowledge that we have now about getting kids help for stuff like that. So that affected me as, as you know, throughout my life, I was, you know, always very anxious. And then, of course, about a year after Rhonda and I had, gotten married you know I'd pretty well I was learning how to deal with that but it still would get me at times but I was driving um, uh, some men to work I was driving a big suburban again you know I was very young and had these about six guys in a suburban with me and we were in an accident a car hit us spun the suburban around it didn't roll over anything it wasn't anything really really bad but the people inside of the vehicle with me were uh, were people that begin to try to exploit the situation. In other words, immediately, I mean, as soon as it happened, oh, my neck, oh, my back, oh, my leg, oh, my, I mean, they started screaming, you know. And uh, back, that was in the 80s, by the way. And back then, a television lawyer was named Ben Matlock, played by Andy Griffith, okay. 
I'm telling you, I mean, those guys, they were hollering, I'm calling Ben Matlock, you know, I'm blah, 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 blah. And I mean, they just really explore, trying to exploit the situation. And it was just so nerve-wracking to me again. And somehow that triggered that anxiety in me again that I had thought was taken care of. And I began to have symptoms, you know, like I would be nauseous and, and didn't, I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was panic attacks. No, nobody told me that. I just went to the doctor. He's like, listen, you got a nervous stomach or something like that. And, and all I know is it become paralyzing, this, this panic attacks. Again, I didn't know what they were called. I didn't know what it was I was experiencing. I thought I was cracking up and losing it. And finally, after going through that for, um, for you know, a, uh, probably a couple of weeks, to the point that one, you know, like I'm the kind of guy that never out of work. And I was out of work a couple of days and, and just eat up with it. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just get up nauseous and thought I was sick. And finally I said, God, I can't do anything about this. I need your help. And when I said that, a Bible story come to my mind about a, a, a guy by the name of Jehoshaphat found in 2 Chronicles. And when the story come to mind, and just to bring you up to what that story was, it was a king of Israel that was being, uh, being attacked by about three or four armies that were coming in. And they were going to kill them. They were just going to wipe them out. And he cried out to God. He said, God, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. They're going to wipe us out. They're coming against us. And God gave him a word. And this is what God said to him. Look what it says in 2 Chronicles. It's on the screen. It says, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army. Would you read the last of this with me? Ready? For the battle is not yours, but God's. I read those words. And I want to tell you, this is where the lesson that I'm going to share with you today comes from. What I'm going to tell you today is out of my heart. And it has been the game changer for me, and I think it'll be the game changer for you. Is at that moment, I learned that there was spiritual power in praise. That it was not something just that you did when you felt good at church or whatever. It was something that you to do. And so I want you to know, so from that moment, I began to pray. I said, God, I can't do anything about this. It's bigger than me, Lord. And, and I feel like King Jehoshaphat. So God, I just want to tell you, the battle's not mine. God, it's yours. And I said, God, the battle's not mine. It's yours. Lord, I, I, when I get overwhelmed, God, the battle's not mine. It's yours. It's yours, God. It's yours. And I can tell you at that moment, I began to experience freedom. And so this is what I want to share with you. And this is what I want you to remember today. It's coming up on the screen. Would you say this with me? Would you read this with me? Ready? Come on. Praising God diffuses fear. Diffuses fear. When I say diffuses fear, it, I don't mean that it always takes it away, but it diffuses it. It doesn't necessarily remove the obstacle that we are facing, but it, it takes the fuse out of it. It diffuses it. And it allows us, it places God between we and our problem. And all of a sudden, it gives us hope and confidence and courage. And so what I like to do today is because I love you so much. And because I want you to get better. And because I'm sure of a crowd this size, those of you that are in the upper room, I'm sure that there's many people here that have anxiety and have had fears and have situations right now that have got you. And today, we're going to learn to break those chains. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to diffuse the fear that tries to control us. And so I'd like to talk to you about praising God, how to praise God this morning. And so if you go ahead and take your outline out, we'll get started. There's three things I'm going to walk you through the Bible 
There's three stories, and I'm believing that one of those are going to connect with you, and God is going to give you the spiritual victory you need. All right, so number one, how to praise God. The first thing I would say is this. Would you write this down? It's praise God for who he is. Praise God for who he is. I want to go to, to a guy by the name of Moses in the Bible. Some of you know him. Some of you have been around. You know church. You know him. But some of you haven't. You don't know this guy. And I want to give you just a little bit. Moses was a guy who lived in Egypt. He was raised basically in the king's palace called Pharaoh. That was a king's name, Pharaoh. And Moses ended up killing one of the Egyptians, which was the king's people, because they were hurting a Hebrew, which Moses was a Hebrew guy. And so, anyways, because of that murder, Moses runs out and begins to live in the desert for 40 years. And God tells him, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt, where, where, you know, where they want to arrest you for murder, and where your own people are upset with you. I want you to go back there, and I want you to lead them out of the Egyptian bondage, because they had been slaves to the Egyptian for over 400 years. And God says, I've heard the cries of my people. I want you to get them out of there. And so Moses has got all these thoughts, like, hey, you, got the right, you, don't, you don't have the right guy, God. And so he begins to have these questions, and look what, he's, look what he begins to ask God and say. Look what it says. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. What is his name? Okay, in other words, like, you know, how we know you're coming from God. Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, let's read those five words. You ready? Come on. I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. Let's read what's online. You ready to come on? I am. I am has sent me to you. So he says, my name is I am. You tell them that. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Now notice this. This is my name forever. The name by which, what's those two words? I am, I, I am to be remembered for generations to come. Now notice that what he said was here. He's, God was saying that when, when you get those people and they come out of Egypt, they're going to have to go into the desert, and they're going to have nothing. They're not going to have any food. They're not going to have any water. They're not going to have anything. They're, and matter of fact, and when people get hungry, they get hangry. You know what I'm talking about? They get angry. They're angry and hungry, right? They get hangry. And, and so he said, they're going to get hangry. And what you need to tell them was, instead of worrying about what's, what they have and what they don't have, is that let them know that whatever they need, I am. Did you hear that? Whatever they need, I am. You need food, I am your food. You need water, I'll be your water. You need, you need uh, relationship building, I'm your relationship builder. Whatever you need, I am. And so God said, tell this for generations and generations and generations to come. What I want to tell you today is that God is still the great I am. Amen. I want you to know today that you need a counselor? He said, I am. You need a financial advisor? He says, I'm that. You, you, need, you need joy? He says, I'm that. You need peace? He says, I'm that. You need strength? He says, I'm that. You need courage? He says, I'm that. You need confidence? He said, I'm that. Whatever you need, God says today, I am. Amen? Now, now here's what you got to Now, I am not. Jeff is not. I am not what you need. Ask Rhonda, she'll tell you, nah, he's not that good. <laughs> but God is. Amen. He's a great I am. He is what you need. And so I want to share with you this is that, you know, things change, people change, and places change. But God never changes. Amen? Amen? 
God never lies, God never leaves, and God never fails. Did you hear that? God never lies, and God never leaves, and God never fails. And so what I want you to know is that he's still the great I am. Amen? Amen. Jesus picked this up. You know, when Jesus come, he, again, putting it back to God, what, you know, who God is, Jesus in John 14 and 6, this verse is coming up. Look what it says. Jesus said, and what's the next two words? I am. I am. You see that? There it is again. I am what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see that? Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to know the Father said I am, and he said I've come to reassure you that I am still the I am. And so when, today when you do not know what to do, I am still the way. You would, I am the way maker. I am the truth. When you don't know about what to do, that I am the truth. And when you need life and you need eternal life, I am. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus said, if you want to get to God, I am the way, and there is no other way. And so today, I just want to tell you, if you're not a Christ follower today, the first thing to getting it right and, and getting this superpower that comes from God is going through His Son, Jesus, the spiritual power. And so we have a prayer for you inside of our program. It's right there. You can see it. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I challenge you to read that prayer today. And if that's you, you say, God, that's me. This is me. And you ask him, Lord, come in. Do what the prayer says. And ask him into your life. And then when you do, the only thing we ask you to do is on the back of this card that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. And what's going to happen when you do that? We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you and hold you up and call your name out before God. Amen? Amen. Now, what I want to tell you is this. We decided that when we were moving in this, this smaller space while the renovation was going on, that we was not going to stop any of the things that we were doing. And so right over here, you, some of you can't see this, but there's a, there's a pool right here. It's a portable baptism pool. The temperature of the water right now is 98 degrees. It sounds like a jacuzzi running right here. And we're baptizing 13 people after our third service. Can you say praise God for that? One of the guys that's getting baptized is six foot three, so I'm interested in seeing how that's going to work out. So, uh, so I just want to tell you, praising God for who he is. Number two with this. So oh, let me just give you this first. Remember we said praising God diffuses fear. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. Praising God diffuses fear. It diffuses fear. Number two, how to praise God. Here we go. We praise God for what he has already done. For what he's already done. Oh, my goodness. When you begin to praise God for what he's already done, there, there, let me just back up. There's times in all of our lives when we don't feel like praising God. Matter of fact, we're questioning God. When we're hurting and things are difficult in our life, we're asking God, why don't you straighten this out? If you love me and you who you say you are, and listen, I've done everything you said to do, and I'm still suffering. Why won't you get with it, God? You know what I'm saying? Now, some of you are like, oh, I would never pray that prayer. No, you wouldn't, but you think it, right? Amen. I mean, you're thinking it. You're like, you know, God, well, come on. Let's get with it, you know, when we're hurting. And so in those moments, if we're not careful, we will let our agony and our difficulty drag us down into a very deep spiritual depression. 
And the devil will get on that bandwagon. He will tell you, yeah, if God was really who he said he was, you wouldn't be going through this right now. You'd be out of it. And he'll get on that. So how do we do this spiritual warfare that brings us up and makes us the child of children of God? We are. And that is the Bible calls it giving a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews 13. He says this. So Jesus, uh, so through Jesus, let us always offer to God our what? sacrifice of praise now let me stop right there just for a moment now we've been in a 21 day fast and it ends today at lunch hallelujah glory to God (laughs) Jesus is so good it's been a journey one lady told me after the first or before the first service she said pastor Jeff I cannot wait till 12 o'clock to have me a piece of bread (laughs) yes Jesus yes hallelujah now those of you that hadn't been fasting We're, we've, been, we've, been, we've been interceding for you. But what a, what a sacrifice is, is doing something that I don't want to do. Would you agree with that? I mean, like, you know, this fasting that we've done, I'll be honest with you, I wanted a glass of tea. Hallelujah. <laughs> and every time that I had, you know, had to uh, eat a meal and drink water, I thought, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I want tea. I like Coca-Cola. But, you know, it was, it was the sacrifice because I was doing something that I did not want to do. And there's times, what I want to tell you is, is there's times in your spiritual journey that if you're going to get the spiritual victory, you've got to do something spiritually that you don't want to do. Amen. And that means bring to God a sacrifice of praise. And how do you do that? You do it by retelling the stories of what God has already done. You know, you, know, you, you tell them about, you, you sometimes you say, God... I remember when, Lord, I was almost in that car accident. I almost, Lord, I almost got killed, but you saved me. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? You did it. Like, like with this, I remember, God, when, when the doctors told Rhonda that, that she would die of cancer, Lord, that, that she would die at 27, but you saved her, oh, God. Amen. See what I'm talking about? Amen. Because you forget, you, we get amnesia really bad when we get under stress, right, of what God has done. And so we, I love the Bible because it reminds us of this. Now watch this. Here's two guys that, uh, one's named Paul and Silas. Now what they were, they were doing was is that they were preaching Jesus in the streets. They were talking about Jesus in the streets, the people trying to get people to come to Jesus, and it was illegal. And so they were arrested, arrested for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only were they arrested, but they were beaten really bad. I mean, I'm talking about they were beaten bad. And not only were they beaten, but they were put in jail, and not only just a regular jail cell, but they were put into the basement where it was damp, nasty, and ugly, and they were chained. They were just treated horrible. And they were at the, these guys were at their lowest of low. You know what I'm saying? At that moment, if you've been beaten for the gospel, wouldn't you be saying, God, now listen, you come do something about this. And yet when you put in old dingy, nasty place, you'd be like, God, you're bleeding and you're afraid you're going to get an infection. You say, God, can't you do something? Well, these guys decided that they would, they would do something else instead of, instead of pouting and doubting and shouting at people. Amen? Because that's what we do when we get down depressed, right? We start pouting and doubting and then we shout at everybody else, right? Amen. And so here's what happened. Look what the Bible says. It says in Acts 16, it says, about when... Oh, that's so important, isn't it? Because I'm going to tell you why. You know why? Because at midnight, you're still looking at the ceiling, staring, why am I going through this? 
What am I going to do? God help me, right? You can't sleep when you're going through it. It's just on your mind all the time, and, and it's just difficult. And you can't, you just can't sleep. So at midnight, notice what happens here. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and what? Singing praises to God. While the other prisoners listened, suddenly a strong earthquake shook the jail to its foundations. The doors, the doors opened, and the what? And the chains fell from the prisoners. Here's what I want to tell you. That, that what, almost not depression, but oppression, where you just feel like something's holding you down. When you begin to praise God and give Him the sacrifice of praise, I'm telling you that that, that spiritual stuff that you feel like is holding you down, that cloud that's holding you down, when you begin to praise God and, and give Him that sacrifice of praise, the chains fall off. Did you hear that? Chains fall. When you give God the praise, and notice back up to that verse in Hebrews 13, he said, with your fruit of your lips. That means that when you give this sacrifice of praise, you can't just think it. you got to say it. And so at midnight, what did they do? When they were hurting and they were beaten and they couldn't sleep and they were worried about their life, was they going to be killed tomorrow? All of a sudden, Paul looked over at Silas and said, Silas, give me a little beat. You know? He began to give him a little beat, and all of a sudden, guess what? Paul began to say, God, you've been so good. Lord, I remember how you, what you did through your son Jesus. How on that road, Lord, I was, you, you, you called me, oh, Lord, and I was blind, and you made me to see. God, I remember the miracles that you've done. And, Lord, tonight, if you're done with me, I'm okay with that. But you're still good no matter what, God. It's hurting me. It's killing me. But you're still good no matter what. Amen? And about that time, guess what? Silas has got that beat going. All of a sudden, God begins to, God begins to pat his foot. And when God begins to pat his foot, guess what? He shakes the world. And when he begins to shake the earth, it begins to shake the earth. And the gates, the jail cells fly open and the chains fall off. I'm telling you what you're looking for to get you through what you're going through is you learning how to say, God, you are good no matter what, and you keep retelling the stories of the past. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand for that. So what, is, what does praise mean? One word I would say, praise means transformation. Praise transforms, guess what? It transforms the depression into expectation. When you begin to praise, it transforms darkness to light. When you begin to praise God, it, it transforms sorrow to joy. And when you begin to praise God, it transforms hopelessness, hopelessness to anticipation. That you're anticipating because of God. Amen? So let's say this together. Ready? Remember what we said? Praising God diffuses fear. Let's say it. You ready? Come on. Praising God diffuses fear. Amen. It diffuses fear. Number three. The third thing I would tell you is this, is that praising God does. Is praise God for what he's able to do. Praise God for what he's able to do. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible because it's about three, three young guys. Their name is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, there we go. You know where I'm going. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, let me give you a little bit of background about them. These boys lived in Israel, and, and there was a, the king, again, King Nebuchadnezzar, 
who lived in what is modern-day Iraq. It was called Babylon, okay? Comes down, and he attacks Israel, and he ta- he defeats, they defeat the country and bring people back as hostages. And three of those people from Israel, they called them Hebrews, from Israel were brought into Babylon, and they were called, their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's actually the name that the king gave them because he liked these guys. And, they, you know, they were sort of his servants, and they were smart people. But the king... He liked to display who he was. And so, you know, he liked to do a little selfie of himself. And he liked to see how many likes he would get on that selfie. But the, but the problem is, is that he didn't have social media. He couldn't do Facebook or Instagram. He couldn't do that. So he decided what he would do is that he would build a monument that would look just like him. And sure enough, he did his favorite pose and they built a statue in honor of him. And as they built the statue in honor of him, he said, listen, now I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And you know, like when we put something on Facebook, we like the likes, right? We'll see how many likes we get. And, oh, we get the little hearts. That's real good. So, so he, wanted, he wanted to see how many, how many he could get, how many likes and how many little hearts he could get, you know. And so what he said is, I want everybody in the whole country coming. I want you to stand out here in front of it. So thousands of people come out. And the word was this, is that, listen, I want everybody to bow down to this statue. When you bow down to this statue, you give me a little heart, and I want everybody to give me a little heart, all right? I want you to give me a thumbs up, a little heart. And so he said, now listen, when the music begins to play, I want you to bow down. But if you don't, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't, over here where we make the bricks in this furnace over here, if you don't, I'm going to throw you hide in that furnace. So that will give you a little more encouragement to put the little thumb up, right? The little, oh, yes, you got my heart, you know? So sure enough, that happened. And so they, they come down, the music began to play. And, and as soon as it began to play, I mean, thousands of people bowed over. But there were three boys that didn't. They stood up, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king, so, the, so they took them to the king, and the king, they said, King, these guys that you like, they ain't bowing down. And so there was like, the king's like, listen, boys, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you a second chance, all right, because I like you. And, I, and listen, I don't want to throw you in that fire over there because uh, it's hot. And this is what they said. Look what those three Hebrew boys said. They said this. They said, if, what's that next word? We. What's that word? We. we. That's right. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve, we serve is able. able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if, even if he does, doesn't, here, what's that next word? We, there we go, we won't make it, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your God or worship the God, the gold statue you have set up. Now, here's what I want to tell you. The way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had the power, see, they had been meeting together, so that gave them the power to stand together so that they would not bow down to the people around them. And what I'm trying to tell you today is that sometimes you have to have we power in your life. W-E, amen? You see, too many times we try to just have me power. And if you just got me power, you're going to go down. But sometimes when you get in those situations, you need we power. You need people around you to help you to stand when everybody else is telling you to bow. Amen? And every one of us, every one of us in this room have got isolated and we tried me power and we have bowed down to things that we wish we hadn't and we've done things that we wish we had not done. Amen? Amen. So that's called peer pressure, by the way. 
And so what happens is, is when we have we power and we're together with somebody that's trying to do what's right with Almighty God and we'll stand up and praise God instead of bowing down to the people around them and caving in, then all of a sudden we find this supernatural power that comes from we power, being together. Now here's what I want to tell you. At SEC, we understand my, my number one job as your pastor is this is to make sure that you have an opportunity for a better life. And if I can get you around some we's instead of just your me's, then you'll be better. And so inside of your program, there's a list of groups. Guess what? In these groups, some of us, some of us need we power. We need we power because some of us need freedom. We got some things that we're struggling with that we've that been holding us down. And so guess what? We have a group there called freedom. Some of us need financial peace, right? And so financial peace groups are there. Why? Because we need we power in our financial finances area. Ron and I needed that, and it sure helps. And so, listen, there's leadership groups. There's all kinds of groups. So here's what I'm telling you. If you're, if you're struggling with something and you're struggling by yourself and you choose to stay in that, there's nothing we can do to help you. All we can do is offer you an opportunity to get some we power to get you through what you're going through. Amen? And see, here's the deal. Once you get we power and you learn how to get through what you're going through, you don't have to keep going back through it. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Isn't that awesome? We, we are so bad at keep repeating the same mistakes of the past. But no, no, no. We're going to give you some we power. And that's exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. So on the back of your connection card, there's a place to, to sign up for a group. Please make sure that you do that so that you can get the we power you need. All right? So let's go on in the story. So again, they bring these boys to the king. They're, the king's ticked off. He's like, boys, now I done told you. They said, we're not going to do it. They just said, we're not going to do it. So this is what he did. He said, I'll tell you what, all right? You're going to be like that. You're not going to give me my little likes, my little heart, all right? Go over and heat that fire up seven times hotter. And the Bible says they went over there and, and heated that, that furnace up seven times hotter. The king went and climbed up on the side of a mountain right there where he could see directly in it. And he said, okay, open the doors up and throw them in. And the men that opened the doors up were killed immediately with the flame. It was so hot. The heat killed them. And they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I just got this feeling. The Bible didn't say this. I got this feeling instead of singing the king's praise at that moment, I just believed they were singing what God was able to do. Don't you? Because they had already said, we know that our God is able to deliver us. Amen? So I think they, went, I think they started going in. When they was getting ready to throw them in, I started singing something like this. God, you're able. Lord, you can. I know you got this, God. Lord, I'm not afraid because you're with me, oh God. Something like that, all right? That's my kind of songs, all right? That's why we don't sing them. <laughs> so sure enough, he throws them in the fire. Now look what happens, all right? Here we go. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar, that's the king, jumped up amazement and exclaimed to his advisor, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see how many men? I see four men unbound walking around in the fire. How? Unharmed. Unharmed. There we go. And the fourth looks like a? Oh, did you see what happened there? When you begin to do what God says to do, the presence of God gives you the assurance that God is with you. And I want, to, I want you to know this. I don't know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ever saw what the king saw. But I'm telling you, the presence of God that was in them Begin, because they begin to praise him 
and lift his name up, the presence of God was in them. It was around them. It was on them. And when they got in that fire, Nebuchadnezzar, that king, saw exactly the presence of God that was surrounding them. I'm telling you that when you're going through a difficult time and you don't know what to do and you begin to praise God for what he's able to do, you may not be able to see it, but other people see it. See, there was somebody that was going to harm you or your children or your family, but because you had the presence of God in you and around you, they decided they wouldn't mess with you. Amen? You don't even know. You don't even know what God is already doing around you. Some of you are whining and crying, but you would have crashed your car last week had God not been there. You, you would have been dead already had God not been there. You, you would have never got that raise had God not been there. I want to tell you, God is with you. He's around you, and he's in you. Amen? And so we praise God for the power of his presence. Look what it says. Look at the next verse with me. Praise assures us of the presence of God, and then Nebuchadnezzar said, let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He has sent his angels to rescue his servants who trusted him. They defied the king's commands and were willing to die rather than to worship any god except their own. We praise God because he is able to do whatever we need him to do. Remember what we said? Praising God diffuses fear. Let's say it together. Ready? Come on. Praising God diffuses fear. Now listen, I, I read a story this week I want to share with you. There was a lady by the name of Sylvia Martin who went to a, a hospital to visit a very sick friend of hers. It was a lady. She was dying. And as she uh, walked into the room, she noticed that that person who was on the verge of death was trembling. But the tremble was not a, a sickly kind of tremble it was one of those to where she was trembling with joy. Her eyes were just like, just, just sparkling, even though she was frail in her body. And she said she walked closer to her and she got there. And that lady who was on the verge of death began to encourage Sylvia. She began to, tell, began to tell her what a, what a great person that she was and how God had a great plan for her life and that everything's going to be all right. And it was good. And Sylvia said, I couldn't take it anymore. I said, I stopped her. And, said, and she called her name. And she said, I just got to ask, how can you be so hopeful in a time like this? And she was honest with her. She said, we know you're a very sick person. And she said, that lady who was out of breath at that time because she couldn't hardly breathe, took a last a big deep breath in and she managed her little frail arms to push herself up as she exhaled. And with her hand beginning to raise trembling, she said, Sylvia, look out this window. And as she looked out the window, she said, Sylvia, you see those little sparrows over there? She said, those little sparrows that are playing right there on that tree, I want you to know, Sylvia, that God's eye is on that sparrow. Lord, we will praise you. And God, we will expect you to do the impossible. You are the great I am. You're the God of the midnight hour. And God, you're in the God of the fiery furnace. And there is nothing too big for the great I am. So, Father, today, we, Lord, as our hearts right now, we settle in them, the Lord, that we're going to praise you so the rocks don't have to cry out. And Jesus, we thank you. 
and we love you and we praise and adore your name and we say hallelujah to you. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.